Hey everyone, welcome back to the Type 1 Tribe podcast. This is your host, Samantha Farley. Today I am interviewing Ariana Freyer. She is the founder of Cup of OJ Creative. You may be following her on social media at Ariana Freyer. She posts a lot about her life with type 1 diabetes, but also her life without type 1 diabetes. We get into how she was diagnosed, a little bit about how she lives her life now, running Cup of OJ, and much, much more. So make sure you tune into this episode. Hi, Ariana. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. So tell us a little bit about you. Where where do you live? So I am based in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. I have lived here actually my whole life. I went to college at San Diego at San Diego State and then moved back home. Um, And I've been a type 1 diabetic since I was 10 years old. I was diagnosed week before Thanksgiving. Pretty average symptoms of uh, losing a lot of weight, drinking a lot of water, Um, my mom ended up calling my aunt, who's a pediatrician and she was like, yeah, you should probably take her into the ER. So I was admitted for four days. Um, the main thing I was concerned about is if I could still have popcorn chicken from KFC. Uh, and I could, (laughs) Uh, I just remembered like watching Disney channel when I was in the room and and my parents were injecting insulin into an orange and <laughs> all that jazz how old were you 10 you were 10 and it was yes. right before thanksgiving mm-hmm. it'll be my 20 year anniversary this year oh my gosh so what was the actual day uh the 18th oh my goodness i can't remember thanksgiving is like the literally the worst time because there's yeah. so many carbs <laughs> well, I actually, I for, totally didn't remember when I was diagnosed. And so I ended up having a few years ago after I like started my blog and everything. And I realized that people celebrated a diversary. I was like, oh, I should probably remember which day it is. <laughs> so I uh, called the hospital and found out it was the 18th. So pretty. Oh, that's pretty cool. Celebrating diversaries. Yeah. That's cool. They, I mean, I guess they would have that history, but that's cool that you did that. Yeah. Really gave it to me. <laughs> what year was that? 2003 I think okay okay and then what did they do I'm assuming they put you on like MDI first yep I had vials of insulin where I like I think I mixed NPH and Novolog and I don't even remember what they did because I also like was so young that my parents really handled it but carried a cooler bag everywhere we went, even to dinner. <laughs> and I had to like warm up my insulin vials <laughs> in oh my, my hands God. before taking insulin and everything was stored at the nurse's office. I, uh, in elementary school, I got to go eat in the nurse's office sometimes. And I always got to bring a friend with me. So everyone wanted to eat with me in the nurse's office. (laughs) Okay. So this, yeah, that's interesting. So what was that like? Did you give it to yourself when you were in school? Mm, I didn't. Oh, well, no, the nurse uh, gave me injections. It wasn't until I think my first or second year going to diabetes camp. I started going, I think when I was 11, Um, we have a local camp for spring break here. And then there we have one in um, California through the Nevada Diabetes Association. And it wasn't, I think, until my first or second year where I finally got the courage to give my own injection. 
I get it though. I was just a counselor at one of the camps and I, mm-hmm. I give those kids props because I cannot imagine being diagnosed at that yeah. age. I mean, even you were diagnosed two years ago. So as an adult having to kind of just be like, okay, I guess I have to do this. I don't really have a buffer time to be scared. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I had no one helping me. It was just me. You learn a lot faster that way though, maybe. Yeah. I had to, so I learned it pretty quick, but. Yeah, I always, a lot of people will always ask, oh, was it like really hard to be diagnosed when you were younger? And I think honestly, I just quickly accepted that like, okay, this is how my life is now. Like, I really don't remember pushing back all that much as a 10-year-old. I mean, it was annoying. We would go over, like, my aunt would give my cousin, you know, all of these snacks during the day and not understand that I couldn't participate in a Pop-Tart at 10 a.m. after already having breakfast, like, (laughs) at the time when I was on, like, very strict. Oh, that's another thing. When I was younger, I was really on very strict kind of, like, eating schedules, so I always ate at 8.30 in the morning and then again at noon and then, I, you know, having my morning snack at a specific time and my amount of carbs that I could have was really regimented as well. I don't know if, I don't know if it's still like that after you get diagnosed, but. <laughs> they tried, like they tried to tell me that, but I didn't really follow it. Yeah. I mean, when I was first, when I was first diagnosed, I had, I just didn't know what I was allowed to eat because I didn't really, you know, I mean, now I know I can eat anything, but I wasn't sure if I was supposed to give up certain things. I mean. I think we just need to be taught more nutritional. Yeah, I can't imagine it's super in depth about (laughs) all of the things. That's why you find the diabetes community online. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, they literally were just like, here, you have to start taking insulin. And that's it. I'm like, I don't even know what insulin is. I have way too many questions. (laughs) So I'm curious, and this might be a deep question, but like, did you ever feel out of place, like different and out of place and not normal during school? Mm -hmm. Yes, I... I remember like vividly in sixth grade. So kind of like a few years after I had it, I started getting into my adolescence and growing up and puberty. And I remember being in my English class, which it was at the time that I had to take my morning snack. And I always had mini muffins for my morning snack. And like my teacher, I think, said something that was kind of like, oh, she has to eat a snack. I, she probably, I think she probably said something like she's different or something mm-hmm. and it made me feel like a spotlight was shown on me and then everyone would always stare at me and I would feel so uncomfortable because I just felt you know so foreign in my own body and then I hated um grow like when I started talking to boys and thinking that I didn't want to be looked at is so weird because I always I don't know when I was younger I thought diabetics were so weird <laughs> And I just did, felt like I didn't relate to them at all. And uh-huh. but, uh, that's who I am. <laughs> You're bringing up so many good topics. I just have so many questions. What, no. was, what was dating like? Because I, oh I under, like, I get it. I have another friend. I remember she is a diabetic and she didn't tell her boyfriend for, I think, like almost a year. She like hit it because she was embarrassed. Yeah. And nobody should be, but I get mm-hmm. it. So that's why I'm curious how dating was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I started like, um, I've been MDI my whole life. I switched to pen. Well, first I was on my multiple, my vials of insulin, multiple daily injections that way. And then I switched to an insulin pump in high school very briefly for only a year. And I did not like it because I felt like it was a device that was on me that showed that I was different. And I did not like any cute boys looking at it. I like didn't want it ripping off if I was like, 
kissing a boy and whatnot. And <laughs> so I, b- beyond other things of just like being attached to something, I mm-hmm. pumps are a hot topic with me, but um, which I'm going to be going on once. But anyways, um, so I got off of it and then I've just been on MDI for, or on pens um, basically since high school. And when I started dating a little more, it was like fine in college. I kind of go into every relationship and I'm like, Hey, just so you know, I'm a type one diabetic. It's cool. I know how to manage it. Like leave me alone. (laughs) And, um, with my now husband on our first date, we had sushi. And I remember like, I really didn't, you know, we texted like a little bit before our first date, we were introduced by mutual friends and it wasn't until we were kind of sitting down at our date and I'm like, oh, just so you know, like I'm a type of diabetic. I'm gonna have to take some insulin. Don't worry about it. I'll be fine. Just like letting you know if I whip out a needle, that's why. And he was like, okay, you know, he didn't really know anything about it. And so he was like, whatever, that's fine. And he, you know, was great. I actually have like a whole blog post that he and I have now done like interviewing him about how his thoughts that day and like how to best support me. And he's been really great about that, but scary, you know, opening up and being like, Hey, this is who I am. And it's not a grandparents disease. And here's how, here's what to do in case of emergency. (laughs) I still don't know how to talk about it. Like I still struggle when I'm introduced to somebody new. I, you know, I'm, I don't know, but yeah, I can't imagine having to do it like on a date, but that's how you know he was the one. I mean, if he would have treated you differently, you would have been like, see it, dude. Yes. And that's a, that's like where I was at that point in my life. Um, I was kind of like, before I met him, like the few months prior, I just was meeting duds. And not that anyone was like really weird about the diabetes. I just knew it. it was the point in my life where like, if you do not support, you know, and like really, truly enjoy who I am as a person, then you are just not for me. And my diabetes was something that was in there. Yeah. It's part of you. I just heard horror stories from people and of like the way that people try to make them feel terrible about their management. And like, it's such a fine line between like supporting and judging and to find someone who can really understands fully what support is versus placing blame yeah I'm I feel like I've left out and it's it stinks because it's it's like the society and the media that you know makes other people think that like you know all the I mean not to call it type twos because they also struggle but it's you know type two diabetes which kind of screws up everything for type ones <laughs> yeah I mean it's the misunderstanding of the disease in general like yes the types of them but even like just from the perspective of saying oh diabetes is going to get or, or sugar is going to give you diabetes it's just like it's not true you know it's it's so many things beyond that and a lot of times it's hereditary even for type 2s so it it's just like mm-hmm. really you know pulling apart and taking apart this joke it's not funny uh where's the punchline um from so many people it's like oh god I could speak years upon years about that it's it's so hard to try to people and that's why you know that's why I post on that's why I post all my experiences online is because if I can get one person to look at diabetes as not something that all of us did to ourselves you know and teach them a little bit more and spread a little bit more awareness then it's worth it and 
maybe someday we'll live in a world where everyone understands it. It's highly unlikely, but at least we're changing one mind at a time. Yes, I love it. And I love people that post and share. I think it's great. And like I said, even for new diabetics, you're one of the first people I found. So it helped me just get through <laughs> the first year. So I think it's amazing. Yeah, I really like the fact that I've I've always tried with my with my Instagram and my platform is to one make it helpful for others that are living with type 1 and type 2 and or know somebody, you know, it really for an education community purpose, but also like the education purpose of those who do not live with it um and still find it interesting. I I really like making that balance because that's your main Instagram too, right? You don't have like a, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, yeah, there's (laughs) no way that I'm going to bounce between two Instagrams. I struggle with it on my, uh, my business page as it is for my shop. So yeah, the only one I have. So you're getting lifestyle, you're getting diabetes, you're in. I think that's great because then you do have followers that don't have diabetes. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, My my majority do, but I, you know, every time I meet someone new, I'm like, here I am. Like you're going to get some diabetes content, but you're also going to get like the milestones in my life. And I post all about my wedding on my Instagram. And I posted like, you're really just getting everything Ariana. Yeah. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Congrats on your wedding too. Thanks. Thanks. I. When I was that? I was like, is it almost a year already? Yeah, it was in September. So I can't believe it. I spent so much of my life planning a wedding and now it's, it's over. It's great. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm still missing content from like I'm like oh I never shared about this I maybe I should do that is it too late <laughs> I also have to say I love your uh bachelorette recaps and bachelor oh recaps. yeah didn't that I don't think a lot of people are watching the bachelor anymore so that the viewership of those really went down versus the time <laughs> it took to make them every Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know I don't watch anymore but they were funny <laughs> yeah well, thank you thanks if it ever becomes big again maybe that's an outlet I can do <laughs> So, okay, you brought up your business. Tell us about your business. So I am the founder of Cup of OJ Creative, which is my small business, which started out as a blog. Um, it's, it's So let me just go back from the beginning. So a few years ago, kind of when I started posting on Instagram, um, I saw my first people that I started following, I think um, Gretchen from Type 1 Type Happy. She was one of the first that I found. I just randomly one day was like, let's look up type 1 diabetes online. And this is after living with it for like 15 years at this point. Um, And I found this whole whole great community. And I was like, I love social media. I was in marketing and I'm like, I could do this. So I started sharing a lot more and I was like, you know, I I was interested in blogging and all that stuff. So I made my blog, my website's cupofoj.com. And I had a lot of like, what is diabetes? Some terminology. What's it like living with diabetes? Here's what I eat. Here's what I do. Low carb cocktail recipes. And then um, when the pandemic hit, I was furloughed and I kind of thought to myself, well, I got nothing going on for the next few months. Like, (laughs) let's really dive in. I've been an artist my whole life. Um, So I just started designing products for those living with diabetes um, kind of just things that I feel were missing in the market of, of options of items for us to enjoy. When I was younger, there was really no merch or things geared toward people like me. Um, 
I don't think there are is anything for you know ladies in their 20s to 40s that is fashionable that makes us feel seen in a part of a community so I really wanted to make something like that so I started using my art and making different items like shirts and pouches and stickers and mugs um to make us feel connected through our community um, of those living with type 1 diabetes type 2 diabetes i eventually would love to expand to other chronic illnesses and really just be a place where people can go and feel seen um and that's on at my shop shopcupofoj.com look at that pitch that was great <laughs> <laughs> i love it and your stuff is so cute like once again, no offense to the other creators out there, but like your stuff is the most trendy and cute. Oh wow, thanks. Well, you I, know, that, like, yeah. I think like, a lot of stuff is very healthcare related. Like very yeah. just, I don't know. Like yours is more fun. Yeah, and a lot of it is like kid related, which I totally get, you know, being geared towards kids, but I'm not a kid. And <laughs> I, you know, as, as much as I think designs with snowflakes and basketballs and things like that are fun, I'm not going to wear that. So I wanted to make things that I can see myself wearing that are like cute and um, expressive and colorful that kind of, you know, adults can also, fun adults can also enjoy. <laughs> You've been going to like markets to do it, right? Yeah, I actually had my first in-person market last um, November and I was really nervous because a lot of my stuff, you know, is geared towards people living with diabetes. And I knew that my percentage of people who would visit me in an in-person local market probably does not have diabetes or, but everybody knows someone. Um, I also do pet portrait stuff. So people love that. Um, and a lot of my products, like what I do enjoy is that I'm spreading awareness for, for those living with diabetes, but I'm doing it in a way where anyone can enjoy my products. Like I have a keychain that says, don't forget the snacks. Or I have the rock on symbol that has the blood drop in the index finger. But like, you really have to look closely to see that, you know, I have a never stop exploring design, which features a girl hiking in the mountains and she happens to be wearing a CGM and a pump. Um, but the amount, like that sticker is one of my most popular stickers. And I think that people just don't notice that <laughs> the girl's wearing uh, diabetes devices. <laughs> just like a mole or something <laughs> yeah, it's like whatever she has something weird on her arm you know it's a tracking device <laughs> plus the fingerprint could be any like healthcare professional yeah mm -hmm. oh I love when nurses visit my booth because they're they always understand everything I have my one of my stickers is I am diabetic hear me beep and uh, I when someone laughs at that I know that they're either a diabetic or they're a nurse <laughs> yeah <laughs> the healthcare field and I love it <laughs> so that's your this is your main gig right Oh yeah. So I, my, I basically, my income comes from my in, uh, Instagram doing collaborations with brands that I trust and that I love. Um, I have my shop, which is um, my other main source of income. The, the markets have been great this year. Um, and we're, I'm hoping to just expand my goal this year is really brand awareness. I would like everyone who has diabetes in this nation hopefully the world someday to know that they can find cute products on shopcupofoj.com um and then i also do some social media uh graphic design contract work which helps with everything else <laughs> sure yes i get it <laughs> and so i'm assuming orange juice is your favorite little snack 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I I'm so cup of OJ. Yeah. The name obviously has come from, um, what I always drank my, my lowest go-to low snack as a child was always a cup of OJ. Anytime I'm at home, I just, if I'm going low and it seems like it's kind of dropping quickly, I'll have my cup of OJ and it, it worked out really well. <laughs> I appreciate that because I actually don't really like orange juice. <laughs> what about apple juice? Any juice? Mango? I'm, I'm an apple juice gal, but orange juice, I don't, I've never been a fan of it. Yeah. I have my uh, apple juice next to me in case I got low during this podcast, but my sugar was high this morning. So I took a lot of insulin before this. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that's the worst if it drops <laughs> during a call. <laughs> But mine's glucose tablets. I think just because oh, see, you're under the five year mark. So yeah, you, you enjoy those for a few more years. <laughs> I really like the raspberry ones. It tastes like a sweet tart to me. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. I just, I have these flashbacks of my mom carrying them in her car. And like, if I don't have them within the, they're, all, they're always expired. And, and she just like had them in her pocketbook for years. I'm like, wait, I should probably check mine. I've never checked the expiration. Oh God. I, mean, I don't think it matters. You know, I survived <laughs> many uh, expired glucose tabs. <laughs> have you ever had a really low experience? Like scary low? I've had one. Um, I've never had to use a glucagon, knock on wood. But I did have, I don't remember what happened. I think I just maybe gave too much insulin and I was just dropping really quickly. It was a couple of years ago, but I remember I went down, I think to 24. Yeah. And I just remember like, I'm very thankful that my husband was there, but I was just sitting on the couch and he like, I was like shoveling uh, honey into my mouth and just like letting it dissolve. And it was like pretty scary. Luckily, like, I think I had a little bit of low anxiety after that, but I've, I've been pretty good thus far. I, I definitely hate going low and always try to treat ahead of time, but it's hard. It is hard, but it, it makes it easier with CGMs now. Yeah. Yeah. My Dexcom is uh, a savior. <laughs> yeah. The Dexcom just, I'm, I'm a very numbers well, not mathematical, but I do enjoy some analytics in my life. So I love like being able to see things prior to it happening and, and all that jazz. And it just kind of helps me. Like I was, I didn't get a CGM until 16 years into my diagnosis. Like, I went through college without a CGM, which I don't know how I survived. I went to a party school, like <laughs> things were experienced and <laughs> I made it. <laughs> For some reason, I never forgot my insulin. Which, <laughs> I so did you carry around like? Oh yeah, I was on pens. I brought my pens every. Actually, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would assume so. I hope so. I carried my meter around and just tested whenever. But I learned a lot of things here. and <laughs> You're had a lot of a lot of things in college alongside managing my diabetes. <laughs> I can't imagine college too. I, when I was thinking about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, college. I mean, college was crazy. Oh, <laughs> and then yeah. throwing diabetes in the mix. Yeah. I went to San Diego State. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was fun, but yeah. So I think about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just didn't know. And I always cared about taking care of my numbers, but it, like I never rebelled and just decided to not, you know, like a lot of teenagers sometimes. And I think a lot of times when you're diagnosed at a later age, you kind of, there's no acceptance with it. You just are like, this is not, I'm not dealing with this. And a lot of times when you go through puberty, I think like you can kind of get stubborn and not want to deal with something anymore. Um, especially when you're away from your parents and things like that. 
yeah, I, I could have been better, I think, at testing my numbers and calculating, but I just like, I still tested and gave insulin. That's good. <laughs> after having a CGM, it was definitely like night and day A1C change stayed lower. So that's always nice. And you're on, are you on G7 now? Yeah. You yes. like it? Yeah, I like it. It's, I like how small it is. Sometimes the adhesive is like a little, like it cut, I had to put on the over patch a few days into it, which I don't love. I always, I've always liked not having a patch until I absolutely needed one for my G6. Um, and then this one is kind of like a little more sensitive with Bluetooth ranges. So like if my phone, like, I feel like on the G6, you really got away with you know, walking downstairs or away from it and then coming back, it didn't really tell that it was an issue, but this one is kind of like a little more finicky. But other than that, I feel like it's more accurate. I feel like the, I like the smaller size. The warm up time is 25 minutes is amazing. I could change that literally right after this. So two hours. Yeah. Down the are, you on, are you on the uh, G7? G6 still. So. Yeah. And also this one, like, it doesn't hurt at all. I don't know the incision, like I've never felt it at all, which is kind of cool. That is very cool. I do have some. I need things. a switch. I'm on MDI too. So I can switch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm planning. Um, We are getting a little closer to starting a family. And so I'm going to be getting on the Omnipod in a few months at my next appointment. And I am not excited about it. I mean, I'm excited about it because it's new, but like. This is so, such a great topic because within the next year or so, I would also like to start, start a family and all the doctors say to go on a pump, Mm -hmm. but we also don't have to. So that's, I'm curious why you're making that decision. We don't have to either. Um, I've, talk to many women who have stayed on MDI the whole time. I just want something that like, I'm pretty proud of my A1C. I'm in the sixes, which I'm good with. I would just, I don't know. I, I, I see that when I have a food item and I go like, for example, I tried this new oats thing that my husband bought and that he's trying for breakfast. So I tried it this morning and I like gave insulin 20 minutes beforehand. I calculated for everything and my sugar is 259 right now. After taking insulin, seeing myself go up and doing squats and trying to get it to work in my body. And I just would prefer something that's like a little more on it. So I'm hoping like I, I might depending on the timing of everything, I don't know if I'm going to, I also don't, I'm not like crazy knowledgeable about the Omnipod, but I do know that the G7 is not connected via the loop right now. Um, So I don't know if I'd start it without the loop and just try doing it myself or go back to the G6 until the G7 works. Yeah. Kind of taking it day by day. <laughs> I'm with you though. I, I'm at the same point where I'm like, I don't really want to be on one, but like, if it's necessary, sure. But like, yeah, I, <laughs> I think the biggest scare is like right now, if my sugar is high or I like have ketones, like I don't get ketones very often. I always have insulin in my body because I'm always injecting it myself. I know that it's going in. I know that it's being delivered. So I think my biggest scare is like whenever I see people post that, oh, you know, my, I accidentally haven't been getting 
you know, my pump, whatever thing was kinked and it's not putting insulin into my body. And, and so I haven't been getting insulin the past X amount of hours. And now I feel so sick and terrible. And uh, <laughs> that is so funny. You just brought that up. Cause I see those all the time too. And I'm like, wait a second, why would I go on a pump? <laughs> you don't have to deal with that. And also like, can I, how am I sleeping? <laughs> that is so funny because I think that all the time too I'm like people are just posting the bad times I think most times yeah are. yeah <laughs> of course but like also I don't know I I love the freedom of my mm -hmm. insulin I can just take it put it in a bag and take it with me if I have a trip coming up I just take an extra pen with me and some more pen needles like thinking about what time of day that I have to stop and put a new device on my body and that is too much thinking <laughs> so you think after like your pregnancy you would go back to MDI probably unless you love it unless you love it unless I love it unless I love it but I also don't want to like a lot of I think because I've been on MDI for so long I'm also just like in the lazy mindset of like I know how to do this I don't want to switch to something else and have to deal with a new learning curve and so I don't want to forget how to do MDI so who knows that's a good point it's really just what works for me and what I'm not what I'm uh, motivated enough to do <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to let you go so you can go do some jumping jacks or yeah. go run around the block or whatever you need to do. <laughs> That's my go-to. I just oh. go do a quick oh. sprint around the block. 248 now. We're, com we're coming around. <laughs> Any advice you'd give to somebody newly diagnosed? Yes. Um, it is a big learning curve and it is a life change, but type 1 diabetes or diabetes will not stop you from living a lifestyle that you can be proud of and you can truly enjoy. I truly believe that, you know, I, I try to never let my chronic illness stop me from enjoying the things that I want to do. You can still go to a music festival. You can still go out with your friends. You can still travel the world. There just is a little more prep that needs to be taken into consideration. And if you haven't already, you know, find the online community because everyone's experiences are a wealth of knowledge. And sometimes, you know, doctors just won't, won't tell you what to pack when you're going hiking or, you know, what to think about when, you know, you go into a new situation or so I, I love my diabetes community online and feel like everyone truly has each other's backs and it's a, a wealth of knowledge. Love it. Well said. <laughs> so how do people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Ariana Frere. Um, one N it's spelled like Ariana Grande store is at cup of OJ creative. Um, you can find my blog at cup of OJ.com. And then, um, my shop is shop cup of OJ.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was great chatting with you. Yes, you too. Such an amazing episode with Ariana. She is such a inspiration to me and I know in a lot of other people living with type 1 diabetes. She shares so much on social and it's really helpful to people like me and I know others as well. So I hope you loved this interview as much as I did. Also, do you want a free gift on your diversary? At Type 1 Tribe, we offer free gifts on your Type 1 Diabetes diversary. 
if you head over to type1tribe.com and enter your information in the pop-up, you will receive an email on your diversary with a free gift. Type1tribe.com, enter your information at the pop-up. See you next week in the next episode.